birthday zeros bonus episode for thanksgiving let me put my plate down starts now by the time you're getting this episode in audio only format it is black friday so maybe you're shopping maybe you're driving home from the holidays maybe you're at the gym whatever you're doing thank you for spending some time with us on your holiday weekend i'm brandon davis joined today by jenna anderson hey everybody the asmr of that intro i i, oh. I apologize in advance to someone who got like icked out by that oh a little, little turkey leg maybe a little mashed potato who knows it's audio only aaron perrine pass the cranberry sauce bb let's go <laughs> and we have two two additional hosts today jamie Girac is out enjoying her life on the holiday weekend and in her in her stead we have liam crowley thanks it's giving <laughs> we got chris killian hey how many people is it that like are affected by those mouth noises it's like 50 percent of the population right because it doesn't bother me so <laughs> some people really love it like some people listen to that to go to sleep not me i think it, I, I don't get icked out but i also don't enjoy it so yeah that's uh, how i am but like with feet too uh it's like whatever yeah, i don't this care really do oh, oh we're just gonna, let's, get, let's, let's get this one back on track uh we're, but thank you for your first oversharing this is our bonus episode where we're going to share a few things we are thankful for from the marvel cinematic universe because that's what we do here on phase yard now it goes without saying i'm thankful for every one of my co-hosts and for comicbook.com for the opportunity to continue doing this podcast we are almost three full years into it and for every single one of you above all that listen to our show week after week we have been dropping multiple episodes a week and you guys are still listening to it you're sharing it with your friends you're playing it for your mom you're playing it for your dog and that means a lot to us so we thought it'd be fun to take this friday maybe you already secured your avengers tower maybe i had that luck too by the time you're listening to this and uh to be thankful we're all gonna go around have a little mcu celebration today aaron you're at the top of the screen we all rounded up a few things we're thankful for, and we're just going to go around, and we're going to discuss. You want to kick us off? Sure. Um, so my first thing that I'm thankful for, uh, MCU edition, is Amon Vellani as Miss mm-hmm. Marvel, yes. because despite everything else circling around, the really negative people online still have to give it up for perfect casting and for someone who has the energy that really feels like a star. You can say whatever you want about what's ever happened the last three years. Young girl's got it. She's got it. And we're all better off for it. And she's allowed to come on the podcast at any time. Come on back whenever you want. Sarah Finn doesn't miss. (laughs) Plus, Simone's writing Kamala's comics, which is such a flex. I just need to bring that up. You know, after Kamala Khan was so great in that Avengers game, which was the first time I had seen Iman outside of uh, Kamala outside of a comic. I haven't watched any animated stuff. I was like, man, it's going to be tough to top this this character here because she was so great in the game. But I'll tell you what, Iman Vellani is the embodiment of that character. That's a great first pick, Aaron. Thank you, Liam. Yeah, we'll stick with we'll stick with the recency. Um, I'm gonna say composers in general, but we're gonna start with Natalie Holt. She knocked it out of the park in season two. We all love Loki season one, her work on that. Uh, but I also want to shout out a couple of other MCU composers from yesteryear. Alan Silvestri, of course, for his work on the Avengers franchise. Henry Jackman for his Captain America work. Raman Dejawi uh, for Eternals. I know people kind of sleep on Eternals, but I think something unanimous people agree on with that movie is that the score is phenomenal. They got the Game of Thrones guy and he knocked it out of the park. And then one that I think goes under the radar uh, for a lot of people, Brian Tyler 
Tyler on Iron Man 3. I know it gets some shade because it didn't have the ACDC and the Metallica vibes that we're used to. But the composition, the instrumentals, especially when the Malibu Mansion's getting attacked, is really, really good. I, I implore anyone listening to go back and listen to the Iron Man 3 score. Um, but yeah, overall, composers in the MCU tend to hit it out of the park nine times out of ten. Iron Man 3 like built on that momentous type of orchestral sound that came in with the Avengers in a good way. That's a good shout out right there. I dig it. Nice. Chris, what are you thankful for, buddy? You know, I know he gets crapped on a lot, but I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm thankful for Star-Lord. That's going to be a weird choice, but I'm going to tell you why. I feel like as a character, this is a character that I, I, I now love. I didn't know who he was, you know, before 2014. And, and he's so tragic. I mean, his mom, his mom died and then he was abducted in the same day. And anybody else would be ruined by this, but not this guy. He looks for, he just looks at life with such a, with such a comical lens. I, I just, I love him. I, I love Star-Lord. I, I, I think that he's, he's consistently been a great character that I look forward to. And, uh, and I'm thankful for, uh, for Chris Pratt for, for, for bringing him to life. So there you go. I hope he keeps playing it for a long time. I do too. I do too. I don't know about like Garfield. I don't really, you know, <laughs> enough with Chris Pratt and the voice acting, but as Star-Lord, yes, bring it on. There are no animated characters safe from Chris Pratt, <laughs> which could end up conflicting with his Star-Lord efforts. I hope not. I do hope the legendary Star-Lord returns real soon. Like I think that's why he's doing voice acting. So he's, he's ready to go for Star-Lord anytime they need him. Yeah, I hope so. Jenna? Well, I'm unintentionally going to keep that train rolling because my first thing I'm thankful for is Rocket Raccoon, just the character uh -huh. of Rocket Raccoon. I, the fact that I can say his name and everybody knows what I'm talking about is still so wild for a character who up until, you know, a couple of years ago was just a relatively obscure part of the comics. And I think he is a testament to what about the MCU works beautifully and works really, really well from just the way that he is designed, the way that he is rendered, the fact that Bradley Cooper plays him in a way that I still to this day, I'm like, that's not Bradley Cooper voicing Rocket, that's just Rocket Raccoon. Like I'm able to di divorce those two in my mind. And just the arc that he goes on in volume three, I have never openly wept that much of, over a movie character before in my life, but seeing the journey that he goes on and where he ends up, it is just, I get, goosebumps every single time i think about it so rocket by far mm -mm -mm. that guardians 3 ending for that character just fantastic have uh, you ever watched bradley cooper do vo the voice acting for rocket because it's incredible like actually watching him do it and get into that character it's 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 a sight to see it's it's better than watching hugh jackman do adr I, I was just going to make the Hugh Jackman comparison, the way like he like runs and like he's making all the motions like Bradley Cooper physically emotes as he's speaking. And I couldn't agree more, Jenna, like he loses himself in this role in the best way possible. Since we're having a good day and a day of celebration, I will spare you all of my Bradley Cooper Rocket Raccoon impression. <laughs> no, don't, don't. Just, no. This is a bonus episode. Give it to us. No, 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 no. Those, those got to be on video, you know. On, on, on days where we're not trying to feel good. I ruin people's days with impressions. <laughs> I could ruin somebody's entire week by trying to do it. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I am going to go real recent here, and I am grateful for Loki season two. I'm thankful for Loki season two. This seems to be the thing that has restored a lot of faith in the MCU in a sense. I see reels and TikToks with millions of views and hundreds of thousands of people liking them. The cast was tremendous. The writing was tremendous. The directors were tremendous. The production design was tremendous. Natalie Holt was already shouted out on today's show, but the score was tremendous. 
the character arcs were tremendous and Loki ended up being a character I have now realized in my old age now that I had a birthday this week that I identify with more than I ever realized I did when I was younger. Like when I was younger, I thought, oh man, Tony Stark, that's me. But like, no, I was never anything like Tony Stark. I just thought I wanted to be like Tony Stark when I was a young, like, want to be Tony Stark. And now it's like, damn, Loki is that guy. Loki, you know, he's, he's, he hates, like I'm a person who hates feeling like I can't reach something that I feel like I should be able to. I'm a person who really just enjoys spending time with my friends. And sometimes I'm a little reluctant to let people in like Loki is and hard to trust and, you know, stuff like that. And Loki finally getting, you know, destiny fulfilled was so amazing to see, uh, you know, taking on the th- who he always was at his core, which was a person who wanted to take care of the people in his life that he just wanted people to care about and to take care of them. Mobius was great. Owen Wilson, I stand by, is the best casting, maybe besides Amon Vellani. They're neck and neck. I flip-flop depending on the side of the bed I wake up on. But Owen Wilson's Mobius is just my favorite casting since Endgame. Uh, Loki season two, man, I thought that show was brilliant, tremendous, impeccable, untouchable, the best ever. (laughs) Put that on the 4K Steelbook in five years. (laughs) If we ever, if if physical media still exists at all at that point. (sighs) All right. All right. All right. Let's, you know what, you know what, we're going to take quick little, quick little break here on the podcast. You got to hear from the people who help us keep the lights on and then we'll come right back with a few more things we're thankful for on this, this thankful episode of phase zero. Welcome back to Phase Zero. We're going around again two more times. Why not? Aaron, what are you thankful for from the MCU? I am thankful for animation, and it's kind of a cheat because I'm supposing certain things will end up mattering for the MCU. But if you had told me before this year, like at the beginning when our rankings episode, that bloodbath is coming later, you guys, near when you're hungover from New Year's Eve, uh, that what if season two would end up being above some of the live action projects before this year? We probably would not have believed you. We have not seen it yet. But just the sheer excitement online was something to behold during the episode last week. I was really surprised. And I think that by having a bunch of different characters, certain characters aren't off limits, certain characters we wish were in more things, like freaking Michael Douglas being Hank Piv, or like at least the sound of like fake Michael Douglas being <laughs> Hank Piv. It's going to be so fun to see with the old throwback Avengers and stuff. So I'm thankful that we're not completely abandoning animation. X-Men is on the way. It's going to be a good year. And it's already been, I've enjoyed a lot of it. So I'm excited for more. And Spider-Verse just existing <laughs> as a whole. Jenna? <laughs> I thought we were going in order and I that was not the original order, but Wait, I will gladly oh, go. I don't know. So yeah, I don't remember. I just going by the order on the side. <laughs> that totally works. So I am thankful. I almost grabbed my physical copy, but it doesn't matter since this is an audio. Um, I'm grateful for the MCU, the Reign of Marvel Studios book from Joanna Robinson, friend of the show. Um, as a huge like history nerd and just like cultural history nerd, I, I always love these kinds of books, but I'm always used to getting them like when the, th- the thing in question is over. And I think the fact that we 
the MCU is not over, despite some people arguing that. But the fact that we're able to get a book like this that shows the good and the bad and a lot of the history that we didn't already know, I'm really thankful that that exists, and especially at this point in the franchise. So That was such a good read. I still haven't finished the book fully. I was like speed reading it to prep for our episode with Joanna, which was really well received. Thank you to everybody for that, by the way. Uh, she was so interesting. And that book is such a good documentation of the history. And it also really enlightens you about the infinity saga and the process. Like it's not as smooth and planned out as you thought it was. It's just kind of, they kept aligning the stars the right way. And it was really interesting. Liam, what you thankful for, man? Yeah. I got to get that book on the Christmas list because I still haven't touched it yet. Um, and I'm sure my next thankful bit is definitely included in it in a sizable amount. Spider-Man's in the MCU. We take that for granted way too much. Uh, the whole process of getting Tom Holland cast in this role, Andrew Garfield unfortunately finishing up earlier than expected, was such a whirlwind. Like this started when the interview, that movie about North Korea, met, made North Korea angry. They hacked Sony, emails revealed, negotiations going on. All of a sudden, those get fast tracked because now the public knows about it. And all of a sudden, Spider-Man's in the MCU a year and a half after those emails got leaked. Like, that's how quick this process happened. Spider-Man Homecoming happens. Up to that point, my favorite Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man No Way Home, such a miracle. And this is more relevant than ever because we're seeing reports now that the plan might be to merge the Sony-verse and the Spider-Man-verse and take Spider-Man out of the MCU if contracts end and everything. The fact that Spider-Man's in the MCU at all is a miracle. The fact that we've gotten this extension and Spider-Man No Way Home was able to happen with a character like Doctor Strange and have it set in the MCU is also a miracle because that was part of the extension process. I really hope this is a partnership that continues for years and years to come because it's working. Don't need to fix it. It's working. We're safe. America is secure. You want my property. You can't have it. Well, I'm going to your reference. Um, but again, I, I hope they don't merge the two. And uh, I hope we continue to get to see uh, Tom Holland exist in the MCU uh, for many, many years to come. It's a good shout. That's a really good shout. I remember the little divorce they had in 2019 and we were like, oh no, we don't want two Christmases. The war flashbacks of that era, that yeah. summer. I'll never forget. I found out that Spider-Man was coming back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe like a few hours before the news came out. And I was texting Jim about, I was like, Jim, do we run with this? Do we go? Do we go? And he's like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then the news came out. And I was, I felt like that reporter that was just like, they just tweeted it out. <laughs> it was out there that I didn't get to be the one that broke it. Oh, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Oh, the secrets we keep for too long. Chris? Uh, you know, piggybacking off of the Spider-Man uh, in the MCU stuff, I'm going to say I'm thankful for Captain America Civil War. Um you know, Spider-Man's MCU debut, but more specifically, I'm thankful for the helicopter scene where we see Chris Evans' ripped, bulging biceps, a loop that I have continued to play on my TV, in my gym, you know, just to help me out on arms day. And uh, I think it's really, I think it's really paying off. I don't know if you guys can tell here, but uh, look at that. Look at that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Doing good. Go. For those Thank who you. can't Thank see, you. because this is audio only, Chris's arm just looked like John Cena's. Yeah. I, <laughs> there's a scene in Twins where Arnold Schwarzenegger accidentally rips the sleeve of his shirt, and uh, and that's what I was worried about happening right here. But Don't flex intact. again, because we can't have that. We well, can't it's, have only, it's only because I'm not, you know, the pump is not there right now. But on arm day, I go in sleeveless every time. 
<laughs> that uh, Chris Evans image would be a fantastic piece of artwork to have in a, gym, a home gym <laughs> plastered on the wall because nothing would motivate you more to, to not skip arm day. Uh, I am thankful for the big old purple man with a nutsack for a chin, <laughs> as he was once referred to, uh, Thanos. I Thanos is probably my favorite villain in just about anything. I thought he was fantastic. I think what made Thanos so good was that you understood what he was trying to accomplish. Even though you didn't agree with the means of why he was doing it, you could understand his reasoning and logic. And the build to Thanos was such a fantastic ride that when he first you know, turned his head in the Avengers to appearing in Guardians of the Galaxy to Avengers Age of Ultron, just picking up the infinity gauntlet which didn't really make a ton of sense but it was still cool that like they acknowledged yeah we do still have this grand plan and behind the scenes they were still kind of maneuvering it and figuring it out a little bit more than they even let on at the time because back then we all knew a little bit less about each other and the movie making process and things were more peaceful but it, it thanos was just such a fantastic character he was a true threat to the mcu he wiped out half of them we watched bucky disappear we watched Sam disappear. We watched Groot disappear. We watched Peter Parker not feel so good. Chris's favorite character, Star-Lord, gone. The little flash of red in his eyes, meaningless, whatever. So did you ever, did you all notice that, by the way, when Star-Lord disappeared in Infinity War, his eyes kind of flashed red? Am I alone in that? I, I mean, never noticed that. If you watch I, I think that was when the turn on Chris Pratt happened. Every, ever since he punched Thanos in the face, everybody was like, F Chris Pratt. I was like, oh, man, it's not his fault they wrote it that way. <laughs> well, when, when, if you watch that scene in Infinity War, when, when Star-Lord disappears, his eyes like flash red very briefly. And no, I was like, I, I never that? noticed that. I was really wondering why that happened, but it, 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 never, it never mattered. I think Liam was pulling it up. Liam's like, what is he talking about? I was just making sure my, my article got posted, but no, oh, okay. I agree. <laughs> but no, I agree. Uh, yeah, Thanos. I'm thankful for Thanos as, as a character that exists. I'm not thankful for what he did. We don't need that. But he was, he was hands down the most, my, like, just a character I looked forward to seeing. And when he arrived, he delivered tenfold. Infinity War and Endgame would not be what they were if they didn't have a powerful, meaningful great villain so i'm thankful for that whole that whole ride the, the mad titan took us on should have just snapped double the resources shut up that's that's what makes him a, a villain because he was so married to his original method he wouldn't hear anything else he said what would most politicians in the real world do i'll do that <laughs> so jesus <laughs> <laughs> oh boy this right, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving special <laughs> <laughs> oh. it really becomes a Thanksgiving dinner with family we're good we're keeping we're staying locked this is a positive show we're happy to be here <laughs> okay so keeping it happy that one I uncle think. that shows up man I'll tell you is that just me <laughs> a secret right. secret member you, of the flag smashers you, over there you broke Aaron We've all been there at the family dinner when that one person who shows up and they're like, "Make America win." So and they were, "No, no, we don't. We we don't need to do that." Iron Man's great and all, but didn't he used to be an arms dealer? 
Oh, here we go. Oh, Liam, don't you do it, buddy. War crimes thing. Oh, oh boy. boy. This has become contentious. This is almost as bad as Jim Viscardi skipping 15 <laughs> seconds ahead of the finale yeah. of Loki. Yeah. What did you say about Iron Man? <laughs> oh boy. Here Aaron, we go. keep it rolling. What's your I third? Know. Goodness third gracious. If someone's Jamie's gonna be like, I heard y'all talking shit about Shield. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I am thankful for Hawkeye because as the listeners of our podcast know, Aaron is not huge on the holiday specials, the Christmas merriment. I don't know what's wrong with me, but getting to make something that I actually am probably going to watch again this year during the holidays is become part of the holiday rotation in our house is something just wild to see. You get, I hope Jerry Renner's okay. I hope he doesn't try to wrestle any more heavy machinery, sir. You need to be around. <laughs> please. Um, well, I'm glad we saw Haley, who will carry on the Hawkeye name very, very recently. That is always fun. And just, you know, just really good vibes. Like a lot of, we've joked around, a lot of the MCU stuff for the last two years has been kind of heavy. And Hawkeye is not really that. And I will always argue in favor of some of that stuff every once in a while. Because I sometimes just want to eat pizza with a dog. <laughs> uh, now i gotta rewatch hawkeye again seriously yeah um my third pick or thing i'm thankful for is um the fact that the costuming in the mcu has gotten even more comic accurate especially this year but also just in recent years of uh, you look at she hulk miss marvel moon knight so many other costumes just in previous years where it feels as comic accurate as it could possibly be still within the tapestry of the MCU. And then this year we have the Abnett and Lanning Guardians costumes, which I never would have imagined seeing in live action, much less as well as they are rendered in live action. And then we have uh, the Marvels, Carol's new suit, the color scheme in that was uh, like amazing. Monica got a very comic accurate costume. We even poked fun at one element of her costume that might not have translated into live action. So just in, I love the costuming in the MCU and I always have, but I love that they're un, unafraid to kind of get more colorful and to get more kind of comic accurate with it. Next year, give Jenna the Ravona costume for Christmas, Kevin. Oh, Seriously. Give it to her. I, if I don't see her just in yellow with like the gigantic headpiece, that is, that's all I want. It would be amazing. Aaron really has faith that Kang Dynasty is going to happen. We'll see Ravona at I very so. least. That would be cool. So. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Are you <laughs> he is that? eating right now. <laughs> Classic Ooh. Thanksgiving side dish. I'm telling you. Right there. I'm, 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 I have five days to eat whatever I want, and then I got 85 to get ready for a wrestling match. Your boy is going ham this weekend <laughs> oh, on man. everything. Uh, Chris Killen, you ever want this smoke? You get in that ring with me. You're invited, buddy. By smoke, are you talking about nerds clusters? Because bring <laughs> it on. I'll, I'll take some of those. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you see that? He just dodged the challenge live on the audio. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, see, I'm, maybe, maybe I am the heel after all. Uh, I, I want to, Jenna, that's a great shout. Thank you. The, the costume designers on these movies I, I rarely get the recognition they deserve. They work a lot and they are big teams too. Uh, it starts with the, you know, the, the concept art that people like Andy Park, Ryan Minerding do. And then they have to make up to like 14 versions of these costumes for battle damage just for just in case something breaks on it all that kind of stuff so the costume designs in the, in the mcu are fantastic that's a good shout liam yeah that was actually we we did this last year and that was one of my picks was the the phase four costume department specifically i'll find the clip i'll resurrect it for socials um my final and uh 
what's it called? Installment, addition, selection, sure. offering. What are you thankful for? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> at first, I put on here the opening fanfare for the MCU because once upon a time, when the MCU only had two to three movies a year, it felt so special to just see that Marvel Studios logo. Mm -hmm. And I realized I haven't felt that same specialness uh, in quite some time. And the two projects I go back to where it really hit hard were it was Black Widow in theaters. It was my first ever press screening in July of 2021. And the first episode of WandaVision, because we didn't know if they were going to do the full Marvel Studios logo sequence at the beginning of the Disney Plus shows. And I realized what made those two projects so special at the time and it was the delays you know 2020 sucked of course but there is a lot of glass half full to look at with that whole year that happened and i think something that worked really well for the mcu is after endgame and far from home we were forced to miss it we were forced to to wait a year 18 months whatever amount of time it was between spider-man far from home and wandavision that it made the universe that we had been with for 11 years at that point so special to get back into and then we wanted so much content so fast that we realized when that content comes on basically a weekly basis, it's overwhelming. So the fact that Marvel has decided to take a step back and make some of these delays, some of them strategic, like we've seen with Daredevil Born Again and even Captain America Brave New World with reshoots going on, and some of them forced by the results of the strike, I think ultimately we will all be better off for it. So sure, it's a little sad we're not going to get new Marvel content until, I mean, what if season two, but after that, it's kind of a question mark until... Deadpool 3. But I think in the end, when we eventually get back to the MCU pumping out content as it was regularly at the Infinity Saga level, maybe never again as frequent as the Multiverse Saga, the beginning days of that, uh, I think we'll all be just able to appreciate the MCU for, for what it is. Because for too long, that Marvel Studios opening title sequence, I was like ready. I was tempted to skip over it. I never want to have that feeling. All right, Jim Viscardi. I was just about to say, yeah. you can tell his favorite character is Captain America because that's exactly the speech he gave. He's like, the whales are back in the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that, but how is that a Jim Viscardi? Is Jim infamously and virally and atrociously said during our Loki finale uh, recap that every once in a while he hits the 10 second forward. It was more than every once in a while. It was on a regular basis. Okay. How he sounded. My, my response to that is I won't skip the content itself, but anything <laughs> that's like recycled, like the recaps or, or the uh -huh. opening title sequence, sometimes in, in phase four and five, the temptation was there. No, that's, that's reasonable. I don't personally do that. Cause I feel like those are intentionally selected. So to kind of jog your memory about story points that are coming up in the specific episode you're watching, and I don't mind them. Sometimes I, I do feel a temptation, though, that it's like, all right, well, I can just get to the new stuff. Let's go. Also, Loki season two finale had the previously on where he who remains said reincarnation, baby. Was that ever actually said in season one? It was. It was. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. Never mind. The, the previously ons are great. There was only one mistake in them, and that was in WandaVision. <laughs> we all remember. The, the Monica scene was in a previous song was not actually in the episode before, but they changed it, I think, because you can do that without physical media. Chris, what uh, what are you thankful for, my friend? Uh, the last thing that I was when I was thinking about this, uh, the last thing I want to say that I'm thankful for is the closure of the Spider-Man. 
Uh, I'm pretty thankful for that because I remember when Spider-Man 4 was being planned, you know, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 4, you know, they were going to have John Malkovich play the Vulture and it got canceled and they decided, I was so upset. And then they decided to bring, you know, Andrew Garfield on board as Spider-Man. And then just as I was getting used to Andrew Garfield being Spider-Man, they canceled that. And, and it was, it was heartbreaking. So to the fact that we actually got both of those spider guys to come back and, and, you know, sort of wrap up some of the things that we, you know, seeing Andrew Garfield, like save Zendaya was, was so great. And mm -hmm. then, and then, you know, being able to, 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 to confront the fact that Tobey Maguire makes his own webbing and that's weird. Uh, you know, I, I was happy to see that because it is weird. It is weird that he makes his own web. I mean, it's not as weird as it could be because like, I don't know if you know this, but you know, spiders make webbing out of their butt. So it could have been I weird. I thought you were going to say you make your own webbing. You guys already went dead silent when I said the feet thing earlier. So I just, <laughs> to, uh, I, I wasn't going to make any webbing jokes. I was like, not the time or place. Uh, but I think that's, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty thankful for, for that closure and the fact that we're like having this opportunity within the multiverse. It is my favorite thing in the multiverse to bring back some of these characters that we thought were long gone. You know, I'm going to cry when I see Ben Affleck as Daredevil. Uh, it's going to, it's good. Cause I love that movie and I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting a little, uh, it's in me right now, just thinking about it. So uh, those are the things that I'm thankful for. And I'm also thankful for you guys. And, uh, and, and the fact that this podcast has been going for three years is insane to me, but here we are. And uh, yeah, it's uh, guys, you get me all in my feels. So I'm go on, go get away from me. Take the, take me off a of full screen now. <laughs> I got to, you, you kind of teed up my last one perfectly, Chris. I'm thankful for the fact that Jennifer Garner is playing Electra again. <laughs> That's it. I can't believe it. My first crush. She's back. No, I, I, I think that's cool. I think that's great uh, that Jennifer Garner is going to get a chance to play Electra again and probably very short lived. But uh, based on how much it seems she didn't really want to make that Electra movie in the first place. Maybe this is a thing that's going to give her a bit of like personal closure. If not, I don't think it's going to be redemption. I don't think she's going to play a huge role in that movie, but uh, maybe a bit of closure. That'd be good for her. But no, I, I, I was just joking on that. I think uh, my, my last one I wanted to say is I, I, I'm thankful for the action sequences in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and also Shang-Chi. But uh, that knife fight, the elevator fight, thank you, Sam Hargrave. That man makes falling out of a building and landing on a truck and doing seven flips as a result look easy. The Sparta kick to open that movie. Man, I'll never forget. They wanted to send a message with Captain America, the Winter Soldier, that says this is not your funky little showman who's doing stage plays for World War II anymore. This is a guy who lands on a boat and gives you the big boot to the chest and sends them flipping into the ocean. That was crazy. Diving out of the helicopter with no parachute to open it really made Captain America a badass instantly. Just any bit of cornballness that came from that little star-spangled suit he wore in Cap the First Avenger and then 2012's Avengers was out the window when he put on that that suit in uh, Winter Soldier and the action sequences in that ended up solidifying it. And kind of everybody got one too. Uh, it, it, Nick Fury got an epic freaking truck chase, which originally, by the way, if you read the book that was referenced earlier in the show, was going to be a flying truck. And they were like, uh, no, we're not doing a flying truck. So the car chase just kind of keeps going and keeps getting amped up and Nick Fury ends up going underneath it. I just think that that, that felt like a new level of action 
for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It built on what the Avengers kind of did, I think, with the especially like the continuous shot of all the Avengers kind of using their power, some of them bouncing off each other, some of them just flying around. But this really, like Sam Hargrave, the stunt crew, the, the Russo brothers directing in Winter Soldier really raised the bar for action. And then I think the only thing that has come close to it in terms of that sort of not CGI, clearly hand-to-hand performers was Shang-Chi. I can't think of anything other than that that really matched that level of action since Winter Soldier. Um, so yeah, that's my, those are the, go ahead. I know Liam, I said Winter Soldier, Liam has to speak. No, two things to go off that real quick because this was on my short list. Uh, the costume designer for Winter Soldier, Judiana Makovsky, who did the stealth suit, like come mm-hmm. on. Hands up. Uh, best suit in the game. It's Chris Evans's favorite. That's why he wore it again in Avengers Endgame in that opening scene when they go to the garden and all that. The second thing, in that Marvel Studios book, do they talk about the deleted Hawkeye scene from Winter Soldier? Uh, yeah, they talk about how they thought about how... I don't remember what they said. But... So you know how his like helmet was getting tracked by S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like the, the headpiece that he wears? Mm-hmm. They were going to have a sequence where Clint Barton is sent to take him out and they have like a staged fight, essentially kind of communicating the whole time, being like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is after me, S.H.I.E.L.D. is compromised, blah, blah, blah. And that's when he ditches the suit and it just scheduling conflicts. Jeremy Renner couldn't make it happen. But I, mm-hmm. I always think about that and I'm like, man, that movie's a 10 out of 10 for me. But if that scene happened too, good Lord. That would have been nuts. I, I find it funny that Samuel L. Jackson had a clause in his contract that he would not run in that movie, mm-hmm. in, in any Marvel movie, really. But in that movie as well, he refused, he doesn't want to do scenes where he has to run. Uh, but yeah, well, that's our that's our bonus episode. If you have things about the MCU or anything you want to share that you're thankful for, you can send it our way on social media. I won't go around. You know, I think we've all kind of been thankful this whole time. So go read some comics. Go read the site. Percy Jackson's coming up. Chris Killian's the man. Aaron Perrine rocks. Jenna Anderson rules. Liam Crowley is fantastic. And then there's me. So thank you so much for joining us for Phase Zero throughout the year. You know, the year's far from over. Well, it's not far from over. We've got about a month left. We're going to keep trying to do these bonus episodes. So please leave a five-star review. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube so you don't miss any of our interviews or other content. Uh, and uh, play our show for your mom. Play it for your dog. And have a great holiday weekend and a safe holiday season, everybody. We're thankful for you. See you soon. <laughs>